Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good, Frank. <laughs> welcome back to Perspective Shift. Yeah, welcome back. How are you? Good. It's like, it's like Perspective Shift's like an alternate universe we have to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, yeah. I enjoy it every every week, jumping yeah, into our alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> When I act like a moron, Karen's like, go to that perspective shift universe so you can be nice. <laughs> so, so you can chill out. Yeah, and stop making fun of me on air, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I'm excited. Uh, we've got a, a, a great, great, um, uh, what should we call him, a teacher, a medium? Uh, yeah, a great and interesting guy. Very um, interesting. Yeah, Daryl Anka, yep. who actually... Um, he channels Bashar, so anyone that uh, is listening to this program today and has not uh, been introduced to um, channels, we actually have done a couple of them already. Yeah, Edgar Casey channeled. Yeah, and uh, Abraham Hicks. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, would you consider Edgar Casey channeling? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, and even like um, Bashar, he'll say this: everyone is always at every time channeling. Yes. He just has a unique way of doing it. He kind of sets his consciousness to aside as the understanding of Daralanka and allows this um uh uh character mm-hmm. or, or persona persona or being yes being named what he names Bashar, it's just in Bashar and Arabic means messenger. Nice. So um I think I don't I believe he just used messenger. I think his background Araldank is I think he has Arabic in him, so Okay. Um, and that's why he chose that word. So messenger, he's sending a message. And uh, the essence of it, um, it's it's a being from a planet or a star system called, or a planet called Essasani. Yep. And the way he explains it, it's actually Daryl Anka, who's the actual person allowing the channel to come to him. Um, it's his future, uh, his future self, so to speak. 300 years into our future, what we call linear perspective of future. So it's very interesting. And what I like about him is the information. So set aside all the um, channeling and the entity coming through him. Um, Like if for people that can't get over that, just set that aside. And if you just listen to the information that's coming out, it is spectacular. It is. It is very articulate, very to point and very simple to, uh, to inject into your life so when you listen to it it's pretty profound like everyone i've ever introduced into and being like yeah he's, he's weird like he has this very very stark thing but i'm yeah. like yeah when you overcome that all of a sudden you don't notice this anymore but the information is tough to deny because he explains things to the deepest root to the deepest level in the most simplistic way in, in a funny way the way that uh, we're talking about um kind of becoming in uh or, or giving Bashar like a chance, et cetera, in, in this type of thing is exactly the, the role that we play with our mind as we begin to loosen up on ourselves. And what I mean by that is like, we're like, hey, you know, give Bashar a shot. Hey, this is the type of thing. What, what we're saying ultimately is less, less measuring, less judgment of something just because it's out there, you know, um, and more focus on the the substance, the feeling. How does this resonate with me? And that's what Frank and I are talking to on an entire level with how you go in, about your daily lives and well, your routines. The, the more we stop judging every situation as if this should have happened, shouldn't have happened, or could have been better this way, the more we begin to get in that flow. Yeah, and that's the essence of perspective shift. Exactly. So it's not like, um, you know, it's about opening up your mind to everything, but attaching it to nothing. Mm-hmm. 
So when there's no attachment to it, you allow things to come freely, nor do you get stuck in a cult, if you will. Yeah. So you know, when I find something interesting in it um, and I get excited about it, I'm drawn to it. So if I'm drawn to excitement, this is exactly the fundamental aspect of what Bashar talks about. And we'll get into it with the clips. We have, uh, I think, three clips today about yep. with him. And there's a ton of stuff on YouTube. And um, I suggest people check out his website. And um, like I said, I've been Bashar.org. Yeah, I've been to uh, his uh, live stuff. So You should talk about that for a second, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, so How was his live stuff? Because Frank has you know, been in the same room with Darling, uh, channeling Bashar. And he's been in the same room as me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, Frank. Yeah, actually, it was funny. I went out to um, uh, first time I went to see him. It was out in California. Okay. And he's from the L.A. area. So um, so I went there, and it was, I forgot the name of the hotel. I went there, and I'm hanging out, and I'm near like the restaurant of it. And all of a sudden, I see Daryl walking up. And I'm like leading the fence. He's walking right by me. And I've been watching him for a while. So I know I'm like, hey, Daryl, how's it going? He's like, good. You know? <laughs> but but yeah. what's funny good. is That's like great. there were people. So we were in this conference hall, but there's other things going on. So I don't know. Like he looked at me quickly to see if I knew him. But then he, I soon realized that I was there to see Bashar. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he was very nice. Just waved and went on his way. And um, But yeah, it was really good. He goes That's in cool. and he goes into this altered state. He gets right into it, and then all of a sudden, this character Bashar comes out. And what I like about it, he'll start the session off by having injecting something into it, just putting it out there. But when he does that, it usually runs about fifteen to twenty minutes. Then the rest of the time, you could ask any question you want, mm -hmm. and he'll answer it in a very specific and precise, uh, concise way. Did you answer, ask any questions? I did not. I actually okay. so with him because everyone that's all it's about asking questions. Mm -hmm. So you put your um, your question in a hat, and it's kind of like because they can't do everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's there wanting to ask questions, but the way it's always worked out in my life. Is the question I wanted to ask is always answered by or uh, ask is always asked by somebody else, so I always get the answer. Yeah, I never leave lefty. So, and so when I put my um, question in the hat, yeah, put put my question in the hat. I wasn't worried if I was going to get called or not to ask it. I knew it was going to be answered, and it was. I can't remember what the question was, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I think the question was, is peanut better? Good for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or a Snickers bar. Which one? <laughs> nice hard one for him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, and he would have just laughed and said, whatever you believe. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what he would have <laughs> said. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So, Daryl Anka, right? Uh, yep. Was born in 1951. Yep. And from Canada. From Canada. That's and, unique. Um, and he lived in L.A. I'm a, um, I believe I listened to a lot of interviews on him, not just as Bashar, but interviews. And what yeah. I gathered, he lived in L.A. most of his life. Mm -hmm. He was in the film industry, still is in the film industry. I should mm -hmm. say he was, he is. And uh, he does his own stuff now, his own productions. But he was in uh, special effects, visual effects. Okay. And he worked on Star Wars. He, oh, nice. Yeah, Star Wars. So um, so we had his, um, his start there. And then, um, you know, how this all was introduced, and I think it was, was it 1971, 73? Oh, three, 73. 73, he had a sighting during, in broad daylight of a, within two weeks, mm -hmm. he had two different two sightings, sightings yep. of a um, an aircraft, a, spa you know, a UFO, if you will, mm -hmm. 
um, although he was able to identify it. <laughs> well, that's the hence the broad daylight for yeah, part. Yeah, so he straight up seen just it. right in front of him a UFO. And I think if not both, but at least one of the times there were people in the car with him. Okay. So it wasn't like it was a figment of his imagination, and it was a triangular shape uh, craft. Everybody saw it. Yeah, and um, you know, it was there. It hovered. I think he, at one point it got to about thirty feet above them, and then just kind of like disappeared. And never since then, <laughs> Daryl was like, well, what the hell is this? I got to yeah. learn more about what's going on and here. I think it was roughly 10 years later, he got introduced to a medium, um, a channel, and he went to this group, and he was doing it. And in the interim of doing it, I don't know if it was the first time, but it was pretty close in the beginning, when the channel that was running the group was in it, and everyone's kind of like in a meditative state, all of a sudden the channel directed the energy towards Daryl Anka, and this character came through and and uh and Bashar was asked at that moment are you willing to continue or do you want to reject this type of thing and even as nervous he was not understanding it fully he took it upon himself and now it's been about 37 years almost 40 years he's been channeling Bashar which uh, is awesome yeah it is and, and today's you know the thing is um in today's day where people are a lot open because of we have social media and uh YouTube and different ways of um, accessing information, even if you want to watch it for two minutes, you know, like you could turn it off if you get scared. Mm -hmm. Well, years ago, you had to like, you find it, you had to evolve it, read about it, and people just or go watch it in person. Yeah, so people shunned it and took it off. But now we're <clears throat> we're finally getting to a pl place where people are. Uh, it's more widely accepted because the truth is, we all channel. Mm -hmm. We do it differently, but we all channel. If, it, if a concept, an idea comes into your head. And we're going to get into it in the first clip about the formula. If you act on that as best you can and take it to the end with no insistence or um, needing to happen a certain way, you'll see it come into fruition. And that's uh, the formula that states the law in which he talks about. So, I, uh, I, so Bashar, for me, I remember the first time Frank actually introduced me to Bashar, you know, I don't know, three years ago. And I remember the first time I put him on, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. I'm that, like, I had the first, same what? Reaction. I'm like, what is going on? And I had to like really like pull back on my conditioning and be like, hey, look, you know, let's let's give this a try. Because, I mean, here comes this normal looking dude, you know, bald dude in like a Tommy Bahama shirt, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, who sits down, you know, <laughs> braces, you know, like gets in this zone and then like. Two seconds later, you know, uh, good day to you, you know, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Pops out, yeah. yeah, and you know, he's he's in he's in the zone, you know, and uh, he's channeling uh, this being Bashar. Yeah, and so it, it's uh, one of those things where you know, outside looking in, I can look back and go, wow, you know, um, how crazy it was for me to first view this uh, this guy uh, Bashar, you know, the channeling aspect and stuff like that. But give it a chance because, like Frank and I were talking about. It's the content that he's discussing or sharing or that's coming through him that really will resonate with you. And yeah, it could actually, it dramatically will change your life. It absolutely For will. the better. Absolutely. And that's why, for like, the greater, I should say. Don't, don't judge this book by its character. You know, don't just say, oh, this is too out there for me that this entity is channeling a separate entity, you know, who happens to be an extraterrestrial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, but truly, this, um, there is no difference from this gentleman right here and um, 
Eckhart Tolle, uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, it's just a delivery uh, system. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. They're all talking about the same thing, and you're like, what do you mean? How yeah. can this alien? Guys, you're you're looking at something, and, and you're judging it, and you're measuring it, and you're not taking it for its value. It's like getting caught in the details and saying, oh, I don't like something. You how know? it's delivered, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like how it's de- Focus on the content and the substance because that's that's what's so special about this gentleman. Yeah, and I believe most people that are actually tuning into you and I are probably already open. To oh, the absolutely. Idea, so yeah. Anybody w- yeah. at home watching this yeah. right now is a very you know has that open mind already. Wants to you know take in more that's knowledge. That's the audience we have. More, well, <laughs> they're, they're searching for the same yeah. same thing yeah. we all are, which is hey, what are we? Who are we? Yeah, and there what it is is a formula. And laws that govern this universe. Yes. We've talked about this many times. Actually, I've talked about the four laws, and sometimes you could label this five laws. And I've heard Daryl Anko or Bashar talk about this from either a four-law perspective or five law. Essentially the same. Because I don't know if any clips have it, but I'll go through it. So the first law of creation is you exist. Mm -hmm. There is not a thing you can do about that. If you exist now, you forever will exist, and you forever have existed. In this and in the moment. Now, the second law could be looked at two different ways. Or he had sometimes he has another law. The second law is there is no time but the now, the present moment. So time is some calculation to express the linear perspective, but that doesn't truly exist. So there is only this moment now. So that would be the second law based on it. Then the third law was the one is the all, the all is the one. And that's talking about the um one like if I took a drop of water and measured the elements of it, it would be the same elements as the ocean. The only difference there is the volume of water. So the um, so it'd be the degree and how much water would be the only difference. But the drop would have the same elements as it has in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So the one is the all. The all is the one. It's you can't separate them, but you can fragment them down into little components. The fractal um, universe. Yeah, the that fractal we live in. universe. Yes. So from a measurement standpoint, that's the only difference other than everything is still self-contained in that little drop that's contained in the ocean except for the big sharks. Mm. No, <laughs> except. <laughs> Actually, the drop where the sharks are swimming around it. But anyway. Exactly. Um, and then this third law, or then it would be the fourth law. Fourth would be um, what you put out is what you get back. And what we actually know is law of attraction, which is kind of the – uh, the fundamental base law that which we talk about because we're uh, we're attractors we're uh, our field electromagnetic field around us so what are we attracting in our lives what experience are we attracting this is explained through this law and then the fifth law would is change is the only constant except for the first four laws mm-hmm. they don't never change they always stay the same it doesn't matter how you apply them they always remain the same. And that's it. And, and that's the truth. Change yeah. is the only constant. Yeah. And now, and then there's... That's all, why we age. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know. Well, yes. It's a perspective. But, like, that's the thing. Our perspective of, you know, us not, us not wanting to change keep makes us feel stuck, makes us feel depressed, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, you yeah. know, us anticipating change creates, you know, anxiety of the future, all, all sorts of stuff. It all has to do with ebbing and flowing of change and what is change change is our collective consciousness all of us on our different vibrations participating in this reality yeah and and that's what we're experiencing and we're calling it real but it it is frequency it is vibration but isn't it it's very interesting 
to, and it's not a sidetrack, it's actually what we're talking about, how we came up with the concept of not liking change when that's all there's ever been in the universe is change. So, and I, I believe it's like uh, people came in, it's probably like I look at life as a game. People came in to sell us the idea of I can sell you something that won't change your life. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a cream. This cream will make you stay the same age as you've been since you were 10, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, so people buy it. And I'm like, well, you know, you didn't have to use cream when you were 10. Now you have to use it to be 10. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, as you're going to go in, there's a formula of getting uh, moving into the flow in which you want to experience life in the way you deem it to experience and will expand. And a uh, first clip is going to uh, Daryl Anka or I should say Bashar will be talking about this and he better to describe it than I. So let's uh, hit let's dive first in. clip. All right. Here we go. Here is Bashar. And we have delved into from many different directions why this is crucial in life because excitement is the vibration your physical translation of the vibration of your true self your true frequency it is also your physical body's translation of communication from the higher mind that's how it translates when the higher mind is communicating with you it translates as that sensation you call excitement creativity love passion joy but the idea is that we have perceived that sometimes there can be some misunderstandings, a little bit of lack of clarity about the specifics of following the formula, the three-part formula that we have often delivered. The three-part formula being that you act on your highest passion every moment that you can to the best of your ability, taking it as far as you can until you can take it no further with absolutely zero insistence or assumption as to what the outcome ought to be, how you need to get where you're going, or any such specific idea being held on to. All right, so as he mentions the, uh, the formula, <clears throat> act on your highest joy or passion mm -hmm. and do it as best you can. To the best of your ability. Best your ability, and to have zero... <clears throat> insistence on how it's supposed to turn out and what's supposed to work and that's the big key it is because the resistance and that was the experience and i still have this because i still fall into it like when i get excited about an idea uh, or i get excited and an idea then falls in based on because excitement is like a frequency or a level that you get into where you can pull more information so again uh, almost like meditation allows you to get into a very comfortable neutral place to then choose a state of excitement and in this state of excitement is where it occurs for things to happen. Either me go for go to the gym, work out, go on vacation, uh, write a book, do this podcast. But if I actually went to the gym, had to write a book, and go on vacation, do the podcast in order to be excited, I'd be a miserable bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it would hard to be able to accomplish anything. Yeah, to so get it done. excitement is the driving energy. So. Um, Bashar often says, be passionate about passion, not passionate about something outside of us. Um, and so when we become passionate, stay in the state of passion, all of a sudden what will channel into our being is um, an opportunity. And when we act on it to best our ability, the second part of the formula, all of a sudden it will take us somewhere. Um, all right, so like an example is, say I got, um, and how this works, and this has happened to me. 
I'll tell the story. I, I believe I told it a while ago, but I remember um, one time, I think it was starting this podcast. Okay. All right. I remember thinking about it because um, how, how this podcast came about, me and Mike. So I used to uh, do like a guided meditation discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit. And because COVID hit, um, Mike was the only one that would show up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Every, like, it, it remember, like, the crowd started. It was it was a pretty decent-sized crowd that started uh, dwindling down. Then it was about to two or three people. Then one day, like, no one showed up. But Mike, Mike's like, he's still doing it. I'm like, hell yeah. So, but <laughs> then it was that. me and him. And we're sitting there doing it. I'm like, how, why don't we just record it so we can put it out there? And then hence how, how it started. So I remember one day thinking about, what would we like to do a podcast? Because I never really thought about it before, but the circumstances, situations um, that came about, I'm like, because I like talking. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let the circumstance, situation dictate how I feel. I'm not going to be a victim here. But then what's my other alternative? And it's like, okay, this podcast, you know, it's been around. It's not like it's new. I'm like, okay, I could enter into that. I can do that. But how do I do it? I have no idea. But then I, I started the formula. So when you actually get into that place, you pitch yourself from the place in which you're doing, it's going to dra- generate uh, a deeper feeling. And then from there, I'll never forget, it was like, um, it, it, this, is, this is very interesting. I remember, like, first I realized how to get equipment for to do it, like mics and stuff like that. And I had none, none of that. I think I had a tripod for my phone to oh, record yeah. it on. And... So I remember thinking, like, okay, I wrote it down. I'm like, okay, I have to go to – I was going to go to the Guitar Center and look at mics because I knew nothing about the equipment for podcasting. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go to uh, Guitar Center, and I remember thinking about that earlier in the day. And I, I don't write shit down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write, yeah. So I remember thinking – and I did a couple errands, and I remember thinking, like, there's something I have to do today, <laughs> right? There's something I have to do today. But I was in an exciting mode. All of a sudden, it was like, oh. I got the day off. There's nothing playing me. I'm going to go to the movie theater. And so I get my car, and I'm driving to the movie theater. And as I pull up on the side, uh, on the right side of my car, pulls up a van that said Guitar Center on it. And I was like, holy shit, I got to go to the car. So I scrapped going to the movies. So what happened is I acted on my passion by wanting to go to the movies, but I dropped the insistence of what it was going to mean. And it led me to go to the Guitar Center and it reminded me. So this is how it operationally works. I've never heard this story. This is awesome, yeah, Frank. So I literally went to the guitar center and picked up the mic and then uh, the equipment. And the guy schooled me on what to get because it's, it's like all these kits on podcasting. So I didn't have to think about it. But it was funny. I completely forgot it. It's not that I would have not remembered eventually because, you know, I would be like, Mike, I forgot what we have to get so we can't have a podcast. <laughs> we can't not, do it anymore. But it was in that moment I was so excited and I, I forgot why I was excited. But then the next thing that popped up, it was almost like my guide said, well, if the morons can't remember, I got to make a movie be in his next thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the movie. And driving along, the, the van pulled up and said, guitar <laughs> so and it popped up. And so when you have no insistence and you just act on it, because I could have stayed home and sit to like stir in my head like what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? I'm like, what am I forgetting? I'm like, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, let's go to the movies, <laughs> you know? Because when I get to movies, I can get popcorn, but I'm getting all excited. And I never made two movies, by the way. <laughs> and I never made, <laughs> never made it. two movies. Yeah. I haven't been to movies since. 
That's funny. Yeah. But so then but then I, I let it go and then I acted on it by driving to the movies. If I hadn't leave my house to go to the movies, I wouldn't have ran into the van, so to speak. This is how the circumstance situation, how synchronistic works. Absolutely. And then it reminded me and then I went there. I laughed. I was like, wow, I'm like, All right, I guess I'm not going to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plans so, change. Yeah. So um and that's how so that's a personal way of using law. And I again if I had insistence on on having to remember or how it worked out, like why am I excited? I would have never left my house. I would never do that again. I would eventually have done it. But then ever since that moment, when I realized just trust your guidance system, I trust it more and more every time I don't. And I sometimes like we think of like ideas that are big in our head. We label them big. They're not actually big to the universe. To the universe, everything is equal in its own value. Even something we would take as huge or a massive big deal. Because we were, t- we were told that. Mm-hmm. But the universe doesn't look at it any different. The universe is, offers up a plethora of, of different frequencies, vibrations. And so if we do hold something dear to us, it will, we'll have to amp. Uh, amplify a vibration to actually see it so there is a scale of greater understanding so to see something um you know that you want to see more abundance you have to level up to a greater frequency in order to see it from where you are but one frequency isn't better than the other it's just greater but the advancement into one it keeps leading you to more and more and more and that's kind of how what the fifth law constant uh, change is the only constant it's all about. Yeah, it's all about. So that was my personal experience about that. And so he also goes deeper into it in the video talking about um, the little, like, what does it mean? So the first step is to be passionate and excited. Um, if you need, in the beginning, if you need to imagine something that you don't have that excites you, close your eyes, like pitch yourself, if, you know, uh, if you're in a job you don't like and it makes you feel bad, can you imagine being in a job you like, uh, you love, and do it from the place in which you already have it? What that will do is generate a higher frequency, and that higher frequency is explained through excitement. But in that moment, you have to drop even having that job. And then what happens is once you get to that level where you're truly excited and you don't have um, a refuting belief, a belief that says you can't have this, all of a sudden, you'll get excited, and excitement then will come in, and then it will occur for you to do something, and then act on as best you can, even if it's getting a cup of coffee with a friend. I uh, I love that example that Frank just used <coughs> because <coughs> – sorry, give me one second. We'll give the, you five seconds. I appreciate it. <laughs> one, the, uh, <laughs> two. <laughs> the, the example right there is so perfect of how you know this whole situation works where um, – uh, ultimately, we set the the amount of the 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 time the the gestation period, kind of w- where that may be is like where our attention's at. The moment we can let go of something and know that it already you know has occurred or existed or like you said it will come to be, is the amount of time that we then uh, allow for us to begin to experience said events or what you know uh, what we're imagining, what we're creating in our you know our imagination, if you will. And so I think that's a cool point that you, you brought up. It is because like what you just mentioned about gestation period. So when people start to imagine something they want to see, they're like, well, how long is it going to take? And I'm like, listen, if you get into this game, and this is the game, if you utilize your imagination to excite yourself, 
all of a sudden, time won't make a difference because it's like a child playing at the playground and being at Disneyland. You're not focusing on time, but time you compress. So if you're enjoying yourself, who cares if it takes a year or 10 years? But the truth is, the paradox is it won't take 10 years. It might take five days. Mm -hmm. Because excitement is a driving engine. And when you're excited, you don't care about time. It's when you're bored out of your goddamn mind or you're tired or you're feeling you're tortured. It's when you look at the time. Holy shit, it's been a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you're actually enjoying yourself, you escape the idea or the concept of time and you never want to leave it. And that's the paradox. When you don't concern yourself with time, the things that you want to absorb into your life, want to attract your life, come quicker. Mm-hmm. That's the paradox. But when you actually place a time, it has to come in six months. I'm like, yeah, you're slowing it down. It could have came sooner. There is a formula that Herb Bashaw talk about, about if you want to know a gestation period or something. And so take, take an instance like I, you, know, you want a, a big, beautiful house. All right. Can you imagine yourself? Yes, I can imagine. Can you imagine it coming in five years? Absolutely. Yes, I can. Definitely. Can you imagine it coming in four years? Absolutely. No problem. Can you imagine it in three years? Yes, I can see that. Can you imagine it in two years? Ah, well, right there, your inner belief, two years is that moment. There's no need to, to do that. And you know, at that moment, if you keep that same attitude, that same uh, frequency, in two years, you'll have what you want. Because in five years, there's no big deal. Four years, no big deal. Three years, no problem. At two years, there was something in you that said it would be difficult to do that in two years. So therefore, the gestation period is in two years. Now, in the interim of the two years, as you get um, more of an understanding, you can even shorten that two years up. But then you have to be okay with the two years. If you're not okay with the two years, it becomes problematic. Once I accept (coughs) that I can get what I want in two years, that's where the paradox comes in. It can actually come sooner. And that's the brilliance. That in itself is a formula that's laid out in the fabric of the laws. And that's our belief structure. Don't deny your belief. Understand your belief through that. My belief is, yes, five years. Yes, four years. Yes, three years. Two years. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it might be two and a half years. <laughs> but if that's my belief, I have to honor it. Not dishonor it. But from the poorest place of honoring my belief i then have the ability to break down the structure of my belief and make it even sooner and when we say honoring we're not saying all right i gotta buy into that and keep it only at two two years or two and a half years otherwise it won't happen no it's just accepting that at that moment you feel two years to two and a half years is the timeline and then that will get shorter yeah that will get shorter because what bashar gave us was the fifth law change is the only constant your belief structures naturally change your vibration naturally change. You don't need to work on change. Change is a, is a natural component. What we work on is our perspective. If I see something and I perceive it to work in my favor, that will continuously shift and change, shift and change. Abundance begets more abundance. Poverty begets more impoverished. In the Bible, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. The reason is change, it always moves in the direction in which you're facing. It never stagnant. Nothing is stagnant. It may be stagnant to a perspective or to a relative tone. Right? right now, relative to this room and me and Mike, we're not moving. But the earth is moving. We're vibrating. Mm-hmm. If, you get, if there was a huge microscope, we're freak. I look like an anxiety-ridden person. <laughs> 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 Little vibrating things. But. So we start to understand that 
when we move or we look in the perspective direction in which we want, the universe takes over the expansion and then s starts sending stuff to us. And we start to see it. It amplifies our wow, wow, wow. And our elevate our electromagnetic field expands and then we can attract even from further away. Mm -hmm. This is the formula that l is laid out within the five laws. And Bashar is probably one of the best people that I know that explains it this way. Yeah, he's very articulate and, and it in simple. Yes, yeah, you know, it's and that's what I need. It's, it's complex just like, and simplistic at the same time. But when you can say something so simply, that's how you you know you understand it exactly. Yeah, a you, true grasp yeah. of the concept. You know, at least from an analytical perspective. And guys, there's layers to this because th there's th there's certain aspects to this knowing and being that are far beyond the analytical and thinking mind uh, that you can't access through the thinking mind or analytical mind that you can only find in that silence and in that being you know the thinking mind is just part of this whole charade we're not the thinking mind that like Bashar will talk about the monkey mind you'll hear you know the phrases of the monkey mind and things like this and that is an aspect of this third dimensional reality that we live in you know, um, there's there's like the there's the higher self and then we have the the thinking mind, you know, and these two work together, you know, passing information along us, interpreting us, playing it out, us experiencing. So kind of keep that in mind. Uh, should we roll the second clip? Yeah, let's see the second clip. Let's jump into it. There will always only be one of you. You will always only have this one life to live as you. So live it to the fullest. Allow it to be what you designed it to be. Work in harmony, work in concert with your higher mind. For your soul being has, in a sense, set itself up as a duality and a trinity. By creating the split of the non-physical higher mind and the physical mind and the balance point in between, you function on all three levels simultaneously and by allowing there to be that balance between the two allowing the relationship between the physical and the higher mind to work smoothly to let each other do the jobs you were designed to do to support each other to reflect to each other what it is you were designed to support and reflect you will be functioning as a whole being as a whole person as your authentic self as your adventurous self as your extraordinary self any time that you only allow your physical mind to control everything, to manipulate everything, thinking that is the only way to allow yourself to experience your self-empowerment, that it is the only way to allow your life to fall into place, any time you allow only the physical mind to do that, you are functioning as a half person, not a whole being. In truth, in a sense, without the higher mind, the physical mind is literally a half wit so use all your wits use them the way they were designed to be used rely on the higher mind it is standing on the mountaintop it can see farther than the physical mind it can see where you're going it can see the path you are the physical mind down in the valley is wandering to and fro going around this outcrop and that outcrop, going down into that valley, crossing this river and that river or that ocean and this ocean. 
and it can only see so far. It can only see to the physical horizon. But the higher mind is on the mountaintop. It can be all the way out into space, and it can look far beyond and guide you unerringly if you are willing to allow it to do so. And this is the point that we have discussed about your visualization of your life, your authentic life, your extraordinary life. It is absolutely, profoundly helpful to have that vision in your mind, that symbol in your physical mind of what represents to you that extraordinary life. Seeing yourself in all the places in the world that excite you. Seeing yourself clearly, viscerally, doing all the things in your life that you say are representative of your highest joy and your passion. Applying that and watching yourself thrive, watching yourself be creative, watching that version of you live a life of ecstasy and joy and calm and peace and contentment and confidence. But the idea again is that your higher mind and only your higher mind knows exactly what that's really going to look like, how that's really going to physically manifest. So by using the symbol to get yourself amped up into a state of excitement, because if you really connect to that visualization, you will feel like that is you. You will start to mirror, to mimic, to match the vibration, the body language, the actions, the choices that that version of you in that visualization is doing. You will behave like that version of you more and more and more. The more you key into it, the more you have that visualization. But that's just for the purpose of getting you to start behaving like that you. To exist in the state of being of that version of you. <clears throat> to feel the excitement and passion and peace and balance that exists within that version of you. And as soon as you feel that, as soon as it rises, as soon as it fulfills you, as soon as you radiate that frequency and you feel you're going to burst at the seams, you're so excited about that visualization of the ideal reality, the ideal, authentic, adventurous, extraordinary life. Drop it. Erase it. Blanket. Zero. Flatten it out and go into the void, but keep the excited state. And then hand over that energy to your higher mind and let it take that energy and lay it out like a blanket upon the landscape and let it show you what things need to now come to you in what order, in what way, in what fashion, at what timing, with whom it is attendant, how it expresses itself. Perhaps it may look similar to what you visualize. Perhaps it will look nothing like it. But know, know for a fact that what it brings you next when you're in that state, if you stay in that state, will be exactly the thing you need for your extraordinary life, for the life to continue to be experienced in an extraordinary way. You are all capable of living your version of an extraordinary life. That was great. I love that clip. Yeah. You know, like... Um he also mentions like which pertains to this when you understand the function of the human mind so we have a higher mind which has the ability to conceive and that's what he's talking about being on the mountaintop mm -hmm. um, but then we have the thinking mind or what I call the corporeal mind the corporeal mind only has the ability to receive and perceive what is happening not what's about to happen but what's happening and what's happened so 
Um, it's kind of like uh, my cell phone or uh, my car. If um, It has a component in it to receive and understand what's going on. But the satellite in, up in the sky is what allows me to get to a place that I've never been before and send me directions. And that's kind of how it is. I understand what a right-hand turn is, a left-hand turn is. I all understand that. That's in my self-contained um, corporeal mind. But I don't know why a left-hand turn is going to get me to this place. But if I trust my higher self, which is actually me, it will get me there. It's on the mountaintop. And, and what we're doing, guys, is we're going about this backwards. We're, 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 trying, we're trying to figure to, it out. We're trying to have the thinking mind yeah. figure out the higher mind. With the, and we're, we're tripping over ourselves. Yeah. And so this thinking mind that we have, we got to realize that they're – that we're not going to think. And Albert Einstein said this, you know, you're not going to find the answer on the same frequency in which the problem was created. Yeah, it was you know? funny that you said that because I was going to use an Al- another yeah. Albert Einstein. Um, huh. Which yeah, one? And I've used it. Um, um, imagination is far greater than knowledge. Now, uh, I want to yeah. add to that, and I said this before. There is no knowledge unless the imaginative mind created so. And what I mean is everything that is was once imagined. And once I... Imagine to physical, um, into the physical realm, I can't gain any knowledge of it. So I can only gain knowledge of something that is happening and that's happened. Mm-hmm. Not that I can, I can't gain knowledge of something that isn't around. So I can only gain knowledge off of <clears throat> reverse engineering something that was imagined into, uh, into fruition. Mm-hmm. And so we understand the imagination is the key, and that's kind of the higher self or the the higher mind. It will then let us know what to do in the moment in which to do it. But we can't conceive anything from the corporeal thinking mind. We can receive and we can perceive, and that's what perspective shift's about. You can choose your perception on what's happening. The imagination will take us places that the thinking mind could never no, fathom never or achieve. It could not. The, the think, think, yeah. we're, we're trying to, yeah. to do like a uh, – we're trying to run the thinking mind in overdriving, thinking we're going to figure it all out. No, and that's why we're so damn tired all the time. This is why we're mentally exhausted. It's, we're always going, I got to do this, and then I'll do that. And then when this is accomplished, then I'll finally be close enough to where I need to be on my goal that I'll, I'll be there in the next four years. And we create all these weird – you know, linear past stories when in all reality, we we allow the thinking mind to do the one thing it's here for, which is to experience. Yeah. Okay? Allow your thinking mind simply to experience the situation. Don't judge it. Don't measure it. Don't say it should have been this way. Simply experience it and then allow the higher self, that higher mind, to take it from there. And what, as Bashar saying, it folds out like a beautiful blanket across the screen. I forgot what his verbiage was, but yeah, ultimately like a tapestry. Yeah, yeah, a tapestry across this screen. What he's saying is this screen of reality. This when we open our eyes, we're all looking at a screen of possibilities of infinite numbers of possibilities out front of us. So allow the higher mind to unfold and bring that to us rather than us focused and wrenched on this thinking mind saying I got to figure it out, I got to figure it out. There's nothing to figure out. No. You're misusing the thinking mind. The analytical mind is not meant to do anything other than to perceive and experience. Yeah. And if I want to take it into a little story that most of us have been told about Santa Claus. Hell yeah. So Santa Claus is the higher mind and the the six-year-old is the one asking for it. And the six-year-old does not care how Santa 
came down the chimney with that gift, even though they don't have a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, didn't question it. It wasn't like, I am not opening that gift until I know how this came down the chimney. I, I Being we be don't have one. <laughs> analyze this yeah. completely. So when the, the child fully trusts in the process and does it. Now, and again, I use this as like kind of a nursery rhyme aspect. These are... Um, are what we call uh, fractals of understanding. So these stories of Santa Claus delivering, you never see it. You never know how it's going to get. How the hell does Santa Claus fly around the the the, the, the earth and deliver it to every kid and on one day? How does he do that? Well, how does the, you know, how am I'm here and how can I get there? I can't see the possibility of doing it. So would you not, would you cancel Christmas because you couldn't f- understand the physics of how, Santa did it, you know, and then you got some parrot to say, well, these are really good compulsion systems on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All our engineer yeah, parents yeah, are Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's a compulsion system, Daddy? <laughs> oh, Jesus, just go over your damn that's, gift. That's a great <laughs> example, though, the yeah. Christmas. That's perfect. So you wouldn't cancel it because you couldn't fathom how Santa would get around. You just, like, you'd be, you might ponder it. Like, that's just interesting. But I'm like, until I can figure out how we can get around the earth, I will not open a gift. I will not allow myself to enjoy this. And unfortunately, we do that. All day long. We do that with our dreams. We, like, we get like, I don't know how this, I, I can't see how this would work. And we um, we squander our dreams. We don't open the gift. We well, don't. hold on. So now let's explain w- what to replace that with and how to flip that script by, by letting go of yeah. that thinking yeah. mind and, and resting in that feeling yeah. of, you know, what it is you want to experience, what you are calling on your higher self, you know, to bring across this screen. You could even call what your personal history is to go back into the archives, you what we call a personal history, and find evidence of this principle already there. Like when you, like um, something happened that you didn't anticipate, like that really good job that you just went in and had a cup of coffee with a friend and all of a sudden you're waiting for this job and you thought you were going to find it on some type of, uh, um, you know, app on or whatever some type of uh other system and all of a sudden your friend offers it you did not see that coming you could not have conceived it happening that way but yet it did and you recognize that's the job you wanted every human being could go into their personal history and look and say so it's not like you have to take my word for it go back and look at when things happen that way that's was happening but you just stepped out of the way you weren't involved in it you didn't say i had to get the job this way you went out to cup of coffee your friend so you forgot about you didn't have a job or didn't want a job you forgot about the whole thing and next thing you know you got the job wow and you didn't do it in the in the channels in which you thought it had to be done i must get my resume out to 150 people and hopefully the the probabilities you know all of a sudden the probabilistic aspects of it getting that way it's like no you met you went Thank to coffee you mind. Yep. You went to coffee. You went to have a cup of coffee with a friend of yours, which was an impulse that inspired you. Ex- acted on your best excitement as best you can, with no insistence on how it turned out, and bam, there came the job. That's how it works. That's exactly it. Yeah. And let's uh, let's do the th- the next clip because okay. it, it it talks about it's similar to what we're we're getting at too, All which right. is great. Here's this some is a, more a Bashar good segue people. into Bashar. Here you go. Check it out. Many of you have been taught to believe. <clears throat> that your physical mind is in charge, that it's supposed to control everything and figure out how everything is supposed to happen in order for everything to work. But you heard in the recording, and you heard us say last night of your time, that this is not your job description. Your physical mind is not designed to understand how things happen. 
It is only designed to perceive how things happened. It is not designed to perceive how things will happen. It is only designed to perceive how things happened. The higher self, that level just above physical reality that is also part of your personal being, is the level of your being that has the ability to understand how things happen. And that's why you heard us say and the secret say, you don't have to worry, you don't have to focus on how something will come about. There is no way for you to know. It's not within the capacity of your physical mind to know that. It's only within the capacity of your physical mind to see how it did occur, but not how it will occur. The knowledge of how it will occur comes from your higher self, not from your physical mind. As we said last night of your time, again, pay attention, very crucial. The higher self conceives. The physical brain receives. The physical personality mind perceives. The physical personality mind does not conceive of anything. The physical mind is not capable of generating an idea. Not one. Not one. Any idea you have ever had has never come from your physical mind. Not one. It can only perceive the result of the idea that was received by the brain from the conception of the higher self. Beginning to understand this relationship will allow you to begin to have a better relationship and an open line of communication with the higher self and will allow you as physical minds to allow the you that is the higher self to do its job while the physical mind goes about doing the job it was designed to do, which is to simply focus you in physical reality so that you can perceive and experience the result of what you conceived from the higher self to be representative of your natural truth and joy <laughs> perfect so, it's perfect it's funny because um like that was one of the videos mike picked out so i didn't i hadn't seen that uh specific video but uh talk about synchronicity I was, and it, again, right when we were started talking i was like yeah, oh great yeah. that's worked out awesome and it's not a stretch i've been listening to bashar for years so these concepts he keeps putting in my head they're actually like mantras now um but yeah, it was just funny. I didn't know that clip was going to be on that. So yeah, um, obviously Bashar explains it a little clearer than I do. But uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's great. You know, just yeah. the way that it's broken down because we we're taught through school and all this stuff that we've got to like figure it out, you know, and we and we struggle and we toil, and it's not until we yeah. really let go we that we actually figure it out. Yeah. And we we've never been taught this our whole lives. Yeah, we just run around in circles. Yeah, because we're trying to figure it out from the persona mind, the physical, the physical mind, mind, as Bashar calls it. So we weren't really taught about this higher mind. Um, no, nope. I heard it um, in religion, but. It wasn't who I was. I, there was a disconnect. It wasn't like a part of me. And even in religion, uh, Frank and I are both, we were raised Catholic, etc. It's more like 
this is what the Bible says, or this is what you know God is implying. But it's too hard, so you don't really have to do that. Well, the way, you know? yeah, it wasn't expli- explained. But you see what adequ- I mean? Yeah, it wasn't explained adequately. It's like, oh, that's kind of really hard to do. You know, it's yeah. really hard to love your neighbor all the yeah. time. So you don't really have to do it. You just got to kind of have to believe it. Yeah. Like, that's what that religion has yeah. always meant. And if someone show, uh, taught you, like... The, and then you laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, if someone taught you the, um, in the, the concept of loving thy neighbor, how it would affect you greater. It's not about putting up with. But we weren't taught these concepts. No. And... I don't know if they didn't understand themselves or they had the inability to explain it properly or, which is very possible, I had the inability to understand it at the time in which I understood it, which probably led me to understand it now. I think you just said it perfectly. Um, So we we don't understand its purpose and we're not taught that, you know, that this is for us to continue to grow and to continue to become, you know... uh, more in sync and in line with our and in flow yeah. with our goals. We're taught that oh, these are concepts that you should do, but you know it's really hard to to do them. So a lot of people don't. So it's okay because um, God will still forgive you because that's you know how yeah. this whole game works. No, 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 no. We're taught us being taught that these are very difficult tasks and hard to do, and it's likely that we won't be able to. But you should because it's good ideas that were taught by the Lord. Yeah. Is such crap compared to, um, hey, look, you want to create, you want to empower your life, you want to achieve anything, you want to realize your power. This is what you do. It's it's it, a completely totally different way of looking at this situation. It's more simplistic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, as well as. Um, it gives you um it explains so you know what you're going towards you know uh i was never taught that these commandments that were found in the bible were actually ways for me to experience the life i want to live and to experience peace and to experience success and all this stuff i was taught that these are rules you got to live by if you want to get into that kingdom that they call heaven and even though uh it, you know uh there's 10 of them you just have to you know uh Follow what you can because some are too hard to you know to do, and it's yeah. it's like it's okay that you're not hitting them all. No, that's that's a totally wrong way to teach people these concepts. Yeah. These aren't things that you just shoot for. It's things that if you begin to practice, you will see immediate direct results and begin to push your and or I should say begin to experience life in the way you've always wanted to experience it. Yeah. Free flow, uh, things working out, synchronicity. Um, just excitement, success, all of this stuff, it comes from these principles. Not it, We've just been taught so backwards how yeah. it all works. But we actually live in a time right now where it is seemingly e- is easier to explain these concepts. And what I mean is I have that when I wrote that book, um, Enjoy the Ride, the, the main component of that book was about trusting your internal guidance system. Now... <laughs> If I wrote that book, uh, say, like 50 years ago, um, a relationship to internal guidance system, what would be on the outside world? There wouldn't have been any. But right now we have a thing called the GPS system, Global Positioning System, mm-hmm. right? So with that, you understand there's a satellite, and the satellite can scan the whole Earth, so to speak, right? And then I have a component in my phone or car, wherever mechanism I have, or Garmin, whatever you were using at the time that knows where I am, and then it, it sends a signal, or the signal is sent to it, and then triangulated to where I want to go. And then the, 
the satellite will then send the information back to me to go. So the car, or if I'm in a car saying, the car is the corporeal or physical mind. It knows how to drive. It knows what a right-hand turn is. That's me operating it. But it doesn't, yeah. So the reason it's easier to understand because we have technologies already out there that know how they work. But one of the questions I ask people, I'm like, do you trust your GPS system? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, why do you not trust your internal guidance system? The GPS is a mere fractal of our internal guidance system. What, how do you think the engineers came up with it? So pe- some people think we're becoming smarter because technology is developing. I'm like, no, we are enlightened more. Hence, the technology is here to aid us. It could also hinder us how you look at it. In my case, it aids me into understanding the possibilities that I've always been told but never shown how to get there, such as telepathy. You can see and think about other people like we do that right now. I can text Karen on the show and she'll know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, FaceTime, uh, the, way to, the ability to see what others are doing when I'm in a different location, what we call an understanding of location, simultaneously at the same time, instantly can see what they're seeing. We call that FaceTime. Well, we have the ability to do that as well. This now opens up the idea or the belief of it. When I open up the idea and the belief of it, I'll find out the gestation period of it. But for me, I don't need it to happen in order to be excited now. Just knowing it's possible is everything I need to know. And we live in a brilliant time because of that. Where in the past, I understood why it might have been a little more difficult to explain based on my experiences. Maybe other people got it. I did it. I'm like, yeah. And I can't, I don't want to blame anyone for not properly explaining it. Maybe they did. I just didn't get it. You know, so. Great point. Yeah. And I think that's how I start looking at it. Now, I'm starting to trust my internal guidance system just just as much as I'm trusting my GPS. I never question my GPS. Mm-hmm. If it says make a right-handed turn, I make a right-handed turn. No, I like that because yeah. that, that's the truth. We do trust our GPS like, oh, of course I'm going to turn. Why would we not, as soon as we get an impulse to do anything that day, go, of course I'm going to do that. Instead, we go, eh. If I do that, then this could happen, and then this might set me back because then I won't be able to accomplish this. Yeah, Total bullshit, guys. That's the thinking mind pulling us away from our goals. keeps pulling the rug out, and we keep falling, and it's yeah. taking us longer to achieve our goals. We think the analytical mind is smarter and more wise than the intuitive mind, and this is just not the case. And it's true. Know this. Your higher self, the intuitive mind, already knows your belief it knows like so go do this no i might lose my job your your higher self already took that into accountability it doesn't want to make you homeless it doesn't want to hurt you it's actually vetting for you and at the moment of where you are even the belief structure you have this is the path least resistance by acting on this as best as you can and if you don't act on it it will just slow down giving you more because if you don't spend money no money won't come this is a natural law. But once you start spending the energy, using the energy, more energy comes. You don't have to conserve it. You don't have to do it. Ideas come the more ideas I enact. One thing I do want to touch on. So why do we have this concept where we're, where we're focused on, hyper-focused on the you know, thinking mind and we, we analyze it, et cetera? And it comes down to how we were trained. We were trained to do this since we were little kids. We went to school and we were taught to figure out an answer. And I don't care if you got the answer. If you didn't do the math the same way as the teacher did you know, at school, 
you you didn't do it the right way. Yeah. And we've been conditioned our entire lives that there is only one way to do something. Yes. Yeah, so and this is total bullshit, and it really, really holds us back. Guys, th- schools, you know, they're not teaching us how to use these instruments. You know, they're they're creating employees. They're teaching us how to be employees and to follow orders. It's it's a very, very different system. And so we, we need to recognize this. Um I it's it's a type of thing where if we allow ourselves to clear from the it must be a dirt done a certain way concept, we free flow or we like open the gates, if you will, um, open the floodgates to the immensity of the um, the millions of different ways something can come to fruition or be accomplished. So let's let's stop letting go, let's stop telling the GPS no, I'm not going to believe you, and surrendering it to it completely. This is where magic really happens because yeah. you're like, how the hell did that just happen? Yeah, because this what, is synchronicity. Up till now, what we were mostly we weren't taught how to think; we were told what to think. Correct. So there's a difference. Like you think this, you do this, you'll get to the place you want to get to. And if you do all the things, you you check off the list based on somebody else telling you what to do and you don't get there, they literally say you must have done something wrong, mm-hmm. which sends you into another series. So you go back to the beginning, you're back to square one, do it again, boom, I didn't get there. But what you don't realize is you can only use the formulation in, in the integral aspect of it once. Each map is individually displayed and once you actually enact the app i mean the map it no longer pertains to you because you're already at the destination from where do you want to go a new map will be drawn so if you keep trying to enact an old map you're going in circles and this is why you get nowhere someone who discovered something all they do is reverse engineer it and says if you follow these exact steps and do it in this chronological order, you will get to where I am. And the truth couldn't be it couldn't be further from the truth. You'll never get there because they didn't have that map. Mm-hmm. They never had it. But somehow, when I was younger, I accidentally, when things worked out, listened to my higher self. <laughs> Mostly listened to my corporeal self. But when I started switching and trusting. In my higher self, things work out more. Once in a while, I accidentally listen to my corporeal mind. So I reversed it. It doesn't mean I don't get hung up. But when I get hung up, I'm like, oh, there I go again, thinking I know everything. And uh, Karen's going to remind me. I don't. <laughs> people like, remind me that I pa- don't. People are like, who is Karen? Karen is my higher mind. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That was awesome. <laughs> And so now I'm more in that place and things are working out brilliantly for me. But I still get hung up on old uh, sedentary beliefs. And when I come up against something, it hits me. I'm like, well, how is that going to work? And I'm like, oh, here I go again. Here's the echo chamber of doubt. Yeah. And then I, I joke about it. I laugh about it. And that joke, that laughter, the enlightenment of the act opens it up and puts me in a neutrality place. And in a neutral place, why would I not choose a perspective in which is going to set me in a more preferential place than a non-preferent place because when you're neutral, it's so much easier to choose that. 
Well, I like how you just said that. So, like, when you're at, well, when people are talking at home, like with with parents or with friends or things like that, and you're sharing your business goals or your ideas, that they always say, "Well, how are you going to do that?" Yeah, no one knows. T- tell me your next step. And if you yeah. were to say to them, "Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know." <laughs> you're going to get laughed at, etc. You're a joke. That's what we've been trained, guys. Yeah. That's how we've been taught, and that's why we're suffering. Yeah. Is yes. That's exactly what we're saying to do. Completely let go. I don't need to know how. I just need to keep moving forward. Yeah. I and until we can stop this weird, like, yeah. oh, you don't know what you're doing. Like, it's that conditioning that holds us back from all of our success. Yep. And it was hard for me to let go of that, guys. I come from that family. Yeah. That was my dad. You know, how the hell are you going to do that? Did you think about this, 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 and that? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think you did. Get back to the drawing board. Yeah. And oh, this, shit. He's so right. I'm never going to be able to do it. And not I guess I'm never going to start yeah, my dream job. I know this. Not understanding is when I learned this as a child in, um, in parochial school, or I went to catechism, so I, I wasn't there all day. I was just there one day a week. And, they, and Jesus said, go forth and tell no one. I thought that meant for, like, if you steal a cookie out of the cookie jar, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't let anybody know. Who took the cookie? Jesus said, go forth and tell no one. <laughs> but what it really meant was... And the understanding I have at this moment in time is when you're going forth with an idea or a concept, um, or I should say a feeling, you can't explain it. So go forth and tell no one, because in the act of telling someone, you are going to try to attempt to explain it. And you cannot explain something that hasn't happened. But if you have a, a comrade that is um, somewhat understanding it, your um, beliefs and how you think telling them and they support you is a gift so find the people out there that you can not it's not about bouncing it off them it's about allowing yourself to physically say it when I physically say I'm going to do this it resonates back into my physical being and that helps build up the system for me to do it but I don't want any judgment from them other than you go for it and that's why when I, I come across someone, I was like at the gym yesterday, working out, and this other guy I know, like, there's a lot of guys who go, I go to just a regular weightlifting gym, but there's, a, there's one heavy bag there. Okay. And all of a sudden, um, somehow there's like five or six guys always meet around the same time. We take turns, become friends that are into like boxing, different martial arts and stuff like that. And there's somewhat of a camaraderie there. Well, this one guy, you know, he's sitting there talking to another guy who's like 25, 26 years old. And he goes, hey, Frank, come here. I want to ask you a question. And he's asking me a question because he's trying to deliver information to his kid. And he's asking the question based on he wants to hear how the kid, like, uh, should open up a gym. Because his kid's into, like, martial arts. And he wants to train people. He wants to do that for a living. And, like, how should he go about it? And I looked at the kid. And it says, well, do you feel it's possible? Yes. What is your imaginative thought on, like, what would the gym look like? What would the clientele look like? And when it does, did it excite you? He says, yeah. I says, well, just stick with the excitement and stop the insistence on how and what it's going to look like. Yes, at first you might be in a small little gym, a stepping stone. Who knows? You can go right to the big one. We don't know. But if you try to figure it out, this is why I see the frustration look on your face. All of a sudden, when I said that, a smile came up and he put his fist out. And we fit, and I says, just keep on dreaming. That's it. You will be led down a path to see. So it's almost like if someone's trying to explain the valley to me, and I'm like, God, oh, that sounds exciting. And the excitement just made me walk up the mountain. By walking up the mountain, I actually see what they were talking about. 
But if I stood in the valley, I could have never had seen the valley because I am, am the valley. But by walking up the mountain, that higher amplitude, that higher frequency, the excitement is what raises me. Now I can see how it's working. But then there's more of the mountain that I can't see. So I give up on having to know. I know I know nothing other than what I know in the moment in which I'm in. And that's all I'll ever need to know. But every moment that I expand into, there's a new knowing, a new knowing. And I give up on having to know preceding the next moment. I can't. I don't want to. It gives me a headache. And this is the retraining of the brain that Frank and I talk about. This is replacing, you know, uh, the different uh, neurons, if you will, firing through and creating these neural networks, you know, throughout our brain of how things are supposed to happen. Um, when we can, if we from birth, we're all taught, you know, this thinking, this higher mind and how they work together, we would live in a much different place. Yeah. But no, we're we're taught specifically, you know, to think our way out of this. And and it's it's unlearning that that allows us to really become, you know, co creators in this experience. Yeah. And know this, we are at the precipice. We're here sitting there talking about it. Yeah. So it's not that we have it's not futuristic. It's happening now. We just have to choose the now that we want to choose yeah. as individuals and collectively. The world I see it as is becoming a greater place. I am fully understanding of other concepts that are going on in the world. I am not blind to them. But in understanding the acting of these laws, what I look at, what, what I put my attention to grows. Do I want fear to grow or do I want love to go? And I choose love. I am not disassociating or dishonoring the fear-based stuff. I am not at all. I'm just trying to create a bridge because someone one day, like a Bashar for me, created a bridge for me to walk safely over the waterway. And that's what me and Mike want to do. We're, we're bridge builders, and we want every individual out there to be a bridge builder. So one day, there won't be a gap in where you can't climb or get over the place in which you're in. There is always a way. Yep. The more bridges, the easier it is to go. And that's what we'll come to. So for me, Bashar was a great bridge builder. And that's why I like the understanding of him coming from 300 years into our what we call linear future to divulge information to us now to amplify our what we call futuristic self uh, collectively and individually to expand. But if we didn't have this information, we would still be going in a circle and create this huge ditch and um, the just laborious ways of living, sedentary, just humdrum. All of a sudden, I need caffeine to feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm not this this in caffeine, by the way. I'm so mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where but our mind goes. Excitement, just like a child, is now in me almost every day. And when I'm not excited, it's because I fell back into, and then I just correct it. Where before, when I was excited, I accidentally fell into excitement. Now I'm actually accidentally falling out of excitement, which is a greater place to be from my stand because I have control now, mm-hmm. where before the outside world had control of me. No. And it's a much more enjoyable way to live. Yeah. And Bashar says that circumstances do not matter. How we feel matters. And the way I explain that is a circumstance cannot replicate a physical matter. It's just a prop. My feeling is a vibrating frequency, and vibrating frequency, as we know in quantum physics, when I give attention to it, literally makes it 
come into fruition into physical matter. My attention onto the possibilities and focus is what solidifies into physical matter. How I feel creates physical matter. Circumstances, situations do not create physical matter. So don't give your, your, um, your attention or your belief onto something happening out there that's going to rip you apart. Don't do it. Detach from it and give it a different meaning. And that different meaning will give you a catalyst into the place in which you want to go. And others around you, you take them with you. Absolutely. You live by example. Yeah, so, you know, it's, just, it, it's an amazing life we live if you can get onto the hilltop to see it. And our connection to a higher self is that hilltop. But the excitement is not knowing how it's going to come. Just like the six-year-old kid doesn't know what's in that big red box. Nor do you want to. Trust me. He knows it's something great. Yes, because mm-hmm. at some level they asked for it. That's it. They wrote it down in, the, in early December. And 25 days later they forgot they even, oh my God. But they remembered when they opened it. I asked for this thing. And that's how it is. And that's the brilliance of it. So use your, your imagination to generate a higher level of excitement. Drop the insistence of the picture of the imagination. And then watch your daily life moment to moment unfold. And if you enact um, all those impulses as best you can, and know this, your higher self knows that you have a job. <laughs> it wouldn't make you not go to your job unless there was something greater out there that would supplement it or over-supplement it, and then you act on it. It already knows what you believe. Just like the GPS knows I'm not on a bicycle, I'm on a car. It knows I'm not in a plane, I'm in a car. And and as things start to unfold, it, this gets easier and easier and easier. I know this because I went through this process. <laughs> it gets easier because trust you, is you, an easy that's place. That's it. I was going to say, you know that it works out because you You've had, you, you begin to see the experiences from the last year, the last second. You know, you just kind of keep going back going, yeah. oh, my God. And, and so it becomes um, – Again, I shouldn't say it becomes easier. What it really is is it's just a habit, and we're habitual creatures. And so the, you start changing one old habit of constantly questioning, constantly judging, constantly measuring, and you replace it with a new habit of letting go of that feeling, um, You know, not judging a situation, not you know, uh, saying something needs to be a certain way or have a certain outcome in order for you to enjoy it. Yeah. It's just you're changing how you live your lifestyle. Yeah, and actually instead of using the word habit, which is not bad it you become more of a a response so when you learn to respond a certain way that's a greater place rather than react Mm -hmm. in a way so we become better responders to situations that we've never even seen before that's the brilliance of this thing that's where life gets exciting when you react you're not in control no no but when you respond you're responsible Mm -hmm. and that's what they mean be a responsible citizen i'm like i am I'm just sitting here waiting to respond. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, again, hope we did um, a decent job explaining the concepts and ideas that Bashar is giving to us. Um, if, you know, again, don't take our word for it. Uh, contemplate this. And I suggest checking out the content. Um, Definitely. You know, he resides in L.A. I know he does um, live stuff. He also does it on um you know, Skype or Zoom or one of those things you can do is conferences. Look into him. Check out his stuff on YouTube. It's free. You know, he puts content up there because um, 
one thing will beget another thing. And as you start to um, understand these concepts at a deeper level, you start to respond to them easier and they become um, the path of least resistance is more seen and more enacted. You have more energy to do more stuff because you're not exhausting yourself. And these principles do expand us. They do. At an easier rate. Thank you guys for joining us this week. We'll see you guys next week. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button below. Feel free to leave us a comment, or you can email us at perspectiveshift2020 at gmail.com. All right, peace out. Check out Bashar. See you next week, guys. Bye.